Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Oh, yeah, bud. Hey, bud, you know, interesting stuff happens in the country, too, Some, sometimes. So I guess she's time for the rural report. The rural, rural, rural report. There we go, bud. Yes, Jim Kelly is from Mitchell, Ontario. He always enjoys keeping track of what's going on in the smaller towns across our great nation. And what do you have for us this morning? Well, we got a Canadian robbery here, Taz. Going out to Nova Scotia, Dartmouth. Uh, guy goes into Timmy's, goes up to the counter looking all sketchy, and he says to the, the lady, I got a gun and I want me some money. So they hand over a bunch of toonies and a bunch of roll up the rim winners to this guy. Puts it in a bag. He hustles out of the Timmy's. Did they really give him oh, roll I'm just up the assuming. Rim. I'm assuming, Taz. <laughs> uh, then he hustles out of the Tim Hortons. He doesn't jump in a cab to get away. He doesn't get on a motorcycle and dramatically take off. Nope. He boards the Alderney Ferry and heads out to sea. <laughs> the so slowest getaway. His getaway car was the ferry. The ferry. So he waited in line, bought his ticket, hopped aboard. Uh, police caught wind of it. So do they get on their Baywatch speedboat and go out and grab them all dramatically? No, they just radio the ferry and say, would you mind turning around? So Buddy has to sit there on the bow of the boat, watch it slowly do a U-turn and know that his time's up. You <laughs> the know? cops are just waiting for him. Yeah, uh, gotta love it. Robbing a Timmy's and escaping on a Dartmouth ferry. That's the most Canadian getaway since somebody robbed a byway and fled on an Avro Arrow. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be cool. It's, it's not easy to get a ride in an Avro Arrow. Not Jim. easy to find one one of, one of these on these days. Anyway, uh, off to Thunder Bay now. Uh, speaking of terrible getaways, terrible vehicles. Cops pull over this truck. They notice it's got expired plates on the back. Police go up to the window. The guy rolls down his window. Not only is fella not wearing a seatbelt, he also doesn't have a seat. Well, kind of. He's got a lawn chair in there. I saw this, yeah. And it's like not even like a Muskoka chair, something rigid that you could bolt to the frame or something like that. It's literally like one of those uncomfortable ones you fold up into a bag and carry over your shoulder. Yeah, like the canvas. Yeah. That you sit, you, you have to sit like an old lady in, like you have to like, you're all crouched up and you're in They, they kind of close in a little bit when you sit in the chair, it closes in yeah. on you. Yeah, so you can't reach the clutch, you can't reach the brake in that thing. It does have a cup holder. That's about all you got. <laughs> so not only did he have the seat sitting in there, he had a suspended license, no insurance. This guy's uh, going to jail. You posted the story on the FM96 Facebook fan page, Jim, and a number of people have commented with other do-it-yourself contraptions or quick fixes they've seen people try and utilize. Yeah, Brenda says, My dad replaced a crumbled hood of an old 1970s Sunbeam car with a piece of plywood painted shiny black to match the car. It was held down with yellow rope, and as we drove by a bunch of teenagers, I heard one yell, Hey, look at that shed go! <laughs> Embarrassing, but it did the trick for a while. <laughs> So the ho the hood of the car was a sheet of plywood. <laughs> Painted black, though, and uh, rope to hold her down. Uh, so funny. I saw spray foam insulation formed and painted to resemble steel rocker panels. I've seen that on, like, front corner panels on, uh, like, uh, country cars. Uh, somebody saw a fuel filter replaced with a Bic pen and a couple of hose clamps. Uh, wow. Children Sounds safe. <laughs> children's stickers patching up rust spots. Like a thousand sticker books worth uh, to cover up the rust spots. I've seen a milk crate for a front seat. 
<laughs> hey, you can keep your uh, vinyl albums in there too, right? <laughs> when you park your car. Exactly, exactly. Some good ones there. Uh, check out the story. If you want to actually see the picture of this, this guy's folding chair, you can find it on the FM 96 Facebook fan page. Not good, though. You get pulled over and you're, you're in a lawn chair driving a car. You're going to get in trouble. Probably better to get pulled over than, you know, get in an accident and go flying out the front window. <laughs> Still chair in the out. lawn chair. Taz Motors presents the new 2018 Redneck Roadster. The most innovative car to ever grace the road. With built-in navigation from your neighbor Bill, who's sitting in the passenger lawn chair while you cruise in comfort on an old milk crate. The elegant plywood hood held down by the finest of nylon rope. Who needs rear view mirrors when you can get a polished aluminum can? You get the gist of what's behind you. The 2018 Redneck Roadster comes fully equipped with vice grip gear shift, keyless entry, because there's no locks, and start that engine in style with a flathead screwdriver. Who needs brakes when you can slow down like a rocket ship by opening the patio umbrella that's taped to the roof? That was Bill's idea. The 2018 Redneck Roadster. No, 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 no. This is the Tash Show Podcast. The White House Correspondents' Dinner was on the weekend. Donald Trump, once again, decided not to show up. Not a surprise there. Uh, but there was still controversy with, with some of the jokes that were told by comedian uh, Michelle Wolf, who I think is very funny. She was on The Daily Show for a while as a correspondent. She's got some uh, comedy specials out there, one on Netflix. I watched the entire 20-minute uh, routine that Michelle did. She was going after everybody. So I'm a little surprised that certain people have been crying foul over this, especially uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Devin, seems to be the big stickling point here. She is the one, and a lot of uh, people who are in the administration and out of it, like Sean Spicer, wasn't uh, too pleased with some of the jokes directed at uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though it was interesting to note that some members of the media who were there, some part of the members of the association, also seemed to complain about some of the jokes directed at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So it's it's not just the Trump administration being oversensitive. Some of the media is oversensitive as well. And it did get a little awkward. Let's listen to uh, Michelle Wolf talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And of course we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia on The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know I who that is. I actually really like Sarah. <laughs> I think she's very resourceful. Like, she burns facts, and then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. <laughs> like, maybe she's oh, born no, with it. She did. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. <laughs> And Sarah Huckabee Sanders is sitting two feet away from Michelle Wolf. You know, is it Sarah Sanders? Is it Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Is it Cousin Huckabee? Is it Auntie Huckabee Sanders? Like, what's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? (laughs) Oh, I know, Aunt Coulter. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. The uh, the uh, smoky eye shadow thing, I was didn't think that was offensive. She definitely wears a lot of eye makeup. Is that the joke? I don't really get it. You can have a joke that's not funny. It doesn't mean that there should be a public outcry over it. 
Also, haven't any of these people seen the White House Correspondents' Dinner? They're always making fun of Paul. They're not going to say, how hard of a worker is Sarah Huckabee? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, totally. every year this happens. I'm going to make fun of everyone else, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you're cool. <laughs> screw you, screw you. You're cool, screw you. <laughs> you're on the dais. I mean, the people on the She's dais. She's sitting up there. You're, you're a target. And, Jim, you and I talk about this all the time because we make fun of each other Part of our jobs, mm-hmm. kind of, is to make fun of each other. And and we know, like, if I make fun of you, whether or not the joke is funny is 50% dependent on how you react to the joke. Yeah. So if I say a joke about you and you sit there, that's not funny, Taz, you're a jerk, then it's a lot different than, oh, <laughs> good one, you got me. Yeah. And and it like it's funny because it's counterproductive for Sarah Huckabee Sa- Sanders to get offended because if she lets it roll off her back, it's no longer a news story, and it it means she that looks the like joke, the, she looks like the bigger person, and it also means the joke isn't true, kind of if you can accept it, right? Right. Yes. The people who who have no sense of humor about themselves are the ones who are hiding something, or mm-hmm. they know deep down that the joke is true. I I just, she went after everybody. For example, Hillary Clinton. It is kind of crazy that the Trump campaign was in contact with Russia when the Hillary campaign wasn't even in contact with Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) She went after CNN. We've got our friends at CNN here. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you. You guys love breaking news, and you did it. You broke it. (laughs) MSNBC. We've got MSNBC here. MSNBC's new slogan is, this is who we are. Guys, it's not a good slogan. (laughs) This is who we are is what your mom thinks the sad show on NBC is called. (laughs) Did you watch This Is Who We Are this week? Someone left on a crock pot and everyone died. See, she went after everybody. And if you're laughing, then it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's when you sit there with your arms crossed, like Donald Trump did a couple years ago when uh, Seth Meyers was hosting. Some people say that's the reason he ran for president is because he got roasted in front of everyone at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So we should get ready for President Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Exactly. It could happen. And comedians making fun of politicians is a tale as old as time. If you think you're going to go through your whole political career without being poked fun at or poked fun of, you're sadly mistaken. White House Correspondents Dinner organizers, why did you not look into Michelle Wolf's comedy before you booked her? You say you're offended by it? Well, maybe do a little more homework. I watch Morning Joe every morning. We now know that Mika and Joe are engaged. Congratulations, you guys. It's like when a Me Too works out. (laughs) (laughs) We also, Rachel Maddow, we cannot forget about Rachel Maddow. She is the Peter Pan of MSNBC. But instead of never growing up, she never gets to the point. (laughs) And of course, Megyn Kelly. What would I do without Megyn Kelly? You know, probably be more proud of women. (laughs) (laughs) Megyn Kelly got paid $23 million by NBC. Then NBC didn't let Megyn go to the Winter Olympics. Why not? She's so white, cold, and expensive, she might as well be the Winter Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) See, she made fun of everybody. Yeah, all spectrums. The Tash Show Podcast. I want to see you peacock. Peacock, 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 peac
Time for FM 96 Sports with Devin Peacock. NFL Draft continued into the weekend, Devin. Some pretty cool stories coming out of the draft. A really inspirational one that we've been following here on the Taz Show. Absolutely. Shaquem Griffin was uh, drafted by the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the fifth round. He is uh, notable because he has one hand. He was uh, born with a condition that prevented his fingers from fully developing. But if you see him play, it hasn't really stopped him from being effective on the football field. Interesting to note, his brother Shaquille is also on the Seattle Seahawks uh, team. So he's a cornerback. So they are uh, together in Seattle, which is cool just beyond the fact he was drafted to begin with. Yeah, here's Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, calling Shaq to tell him that he made the team. Shaq, you okay? I can't breathe right now. I'm not going to breathe. You still can't breathe. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, well, it's a real deal, man. Thank, uh, appreciate you uh, waiting this thing out. I know you've been dying a little bit, but uh, this is a great moment, and uh, we're really Thank excited so about it. We're expecting you to come in here and bust now. You know that, right? Yes, sir. So I'm going to everything I got. I know you will. I, I, I know you will. Congratulations on it. Uh, congrats to your brother, too, and your family. I know everybody's really excited about this, and, and uh, couldn't be sweeter. Hey, be humble, okay? Be humble okay, as we do this. I That's promise you that. I know. Come in, come in, working your tail. It's freaking awesome. Congratulations. Hey, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Thank you so much. Pretty inspirational stuff, man. I love it. It's just amazing the numbers he was putting up, and, and the guy deserves it. You know. Well, it, it to, it's it's not that crazy of a notion because you've seen guys play not for extended periods of time, really, but if they have an injured hand or they've hurt themselves, they wrap it up. And they go and they can tackle guys. So he obviously has a different, it's a different situation than just someone who's got a broken hand or something that's playing for a playoff game. But you can do it, and he's clearly, I don't want to say perfected it, but he's certainly found a way to do it really, really well. Our favorite name from the NFL draft on the weekend, Dev. Yes. So uh, Equanimous St. Brown <laughs> was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, but that's awesome. not even his full name. His full name is... Equanimous, Tristan, Imhotep, J. St. Brown. <laughs> I just love the St. Brown at the end. <laughs> it's like it's such an elaborate name, and then it's like St. Brown. We know you hear his brother's names too. So like the, the the entire family has an incredible story. His father was his name is John Brown, the a relatively poor. <laughs> John, guy. and then he names his son Equanimous. Equanimous, but he also had the Saint because he wanted to have the Saint Brown in there. So Equanimous. So his saint- last name is not St. Brown. It's just Brown. It's his last name's Brown, but Saint is one of his middle names. Saint is Equanimous's last name, so they have different last names. He wanted each of his sons to have distinctive oh, okay. names. I still don't get it, but okay. <laughs> so John Brown is a, a former bodybuilder, bodybuilder, and said he chose his wife for what he calls selective breeding. Wow. That's going to make a gal feel great, eh? Well, she she's into it because she's just she's part of this as well. So they met while he was at a bodybuilding competition in Germany. You. She, she's, <laughs> you. She we speaks, make babies now. She speaks German and speaks exclusively Duh. German to Duh, the kids. we make the babies. <laughs> she speaks exclusively German to the kids at, at home, so they're fluent in German. So here are his brother's names. They're all athletes. His one brother's named Amon Ra Julian Haru. His other brother's named Osiris Adrian Amon Ra. They're all athletes. Uh, Osiris currently plays at Stanford. Amon Ra plays uh, at UFC or USC. So it worked. 
It worked. The selective breeding worked. They're both athletes. She's like 5'9", and she's apparently also really uh, very, very smart. So she's been doing, in addition to school, been homeschooling them a little bit more to just to get their their uh, averages up and speaking different language to them. Well, you'd have to be pretty smart if you're going to spell equanimous as a child. <laughs> it sounds like a math term itself. Yeah, how long did it take that kid <laughs> to learn how to spell his own name? Yeah, my name's Jim, and I didn't do it till I was nine. Imagine being the supply teacher though on that is that you just go along the lot along those the names like uh <laughs> St. Brown uh, what team's he playing for he's playing for the Green Bay Packers mm, too bad he wasn't playing for the Cleveland St. Browns <laughs> oh that'd be too perfect the Tash Show podcast and we're talking about this uh, school just outside of Boston it's preschool younger kids the term best friends has been banned Kids are not allowed to refer to each other as, oh, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Because it's not very inclusive. You're scrolling through the Facebook comments here, Jim, on this story. Is there one person, is there a single person who is defending this decision? Not one single person. Which just makes me wonder who this administrator is, a group of administrators that thought this was a good idea in the first place. What are the comments like? The comments are, this is the stupidest thing ever I've seen, uh, says Les. They banned best friends? They just love banning stuff, don't they? Let the kids be kids. Uh, Joe says... My kid has a best friend, just as I have a best friend. If the school tries to say something, I'll tell them to screw off because we know that the principal and the teachers all have best friends too. Uh, Terry uh, says, let's just take it one step further. Kids should not be allowed to play with other kids at all. Let's just lock them in their bedrooms <laughs> with an iPhone and a PS4, but they can't play online. Here's a text message. It says, Taz and Jim, my kid's preschool here in London also has the no best friends rule, and they have for a year or two. Oh, my God. It's spreading. What a joke. Jim, I think we need to sing it again. Are you ready? <laughs> you know it. do a good job on those harmonies no better than anyone else would have done oh no i would never no we all have equal vocal strength everyone can sing just as good as you don't uh -huh. think otherwise you're my equal friend <laughs> hi fm 96 hey Chad, you guys sounded pretty good there thanks man yeah we're super talented my, my, my son's like, is that a real song? I said, well, kind of, but not really. You know what? This thing reminds, this whole incident reminds me of, you know, um, everybody yeah, Everybody deserves a trophy when they play a game. Yeah. You know, like, what's this world coming to? Like, no wonder why there's, 
like this generation of teens, I guess, are, are there's a lot of depression. Well, I can see why because they're not prepared for failure and losing and being alone. You know, a friend of mine, uh, his organization was trying to donate an award to a school. They wanted to sponsor an award at yeah. an elementary school, and they were told. You can sponsor an award, but you can't just give it to one kid. You have to give it to the entire class. What? Yeah. So if you're going to sponsor an award, you got to pay for uh, a trophy or a medal for everybody. What's the award then? It's the <laughs> you guys are all great at something award. You know what? If, if one person doesn't win, then nobody wins. You know what I mean? Like if, if everybody wins, if everybody gets an award, then nobody's actually won or achieved. I'm going to be honest. I've been a little frustrated that I haven't gotten a Nobel Peace Prize yet. <laughs> I think that is that's a load of BS. Yeah. If they're gonna give one to Nelson Mandela, they should have to give one to me too. The Tash Show Podcast.